0: Thank you so much everybody for uh, coming to this seminar about restoring the foundations. Uh, it's my privilege to um, introduce you to Jonathan and Sandra. They are the UK and Europe training directors for RCF, so they know what they're talking about. And uh, it's, for me, it's just been delightful to get to know them a little bit over the past month or so, really. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to hand over to you and then we'll kick off. Thank you.
1: Okay, so back in the early 2000s, Godgate started to give me pictures of keys. I saw keys everywhere. And then on one Sunday morning, I saw keys and a motorbike. And it was a motorbike to die for. From my point of view, I'd only ever had a Honda 50. And to be honest, I couldn't manage much more than that. But I'd always dreamed of having a big motorbike. So at the time... Jonathan and I were working. He was a GP. I was a practice nurse. We had two kids in their late teens. And we were doing a lot of prayer ministry, both in the church and at conferences and in healing rooms, praying for the sick. And we were seeing exciting things. We were also conference junkies at the time. We couldn't get enough of the prophetic and healing and Father Hearts. And just wherever the Holy Spirit was moving, we were going there. And so we were seeing breakthrough. But there were times when I just felt things needed unlocking. It was like I could see a door, there was a key, there was a lock, but what was the key? What's the key, God? And then he started to give me these pictures of keys, and then that morning, the motorbike. And I realised he said to, He was saying to me, Sandra, I'm going to give you keys, and they're powerful keys, powerful motorbike, and they're for freedom, they're going to walk people into freedom. And then cut a whole long story short, we found ourselves on a Restoring the Foundations uh, training, You don't quite find yourselves on these things, do you? But it was almost like that, and we were there together. And I was really excited because it was all about keys. So I thought, great, I'm going to get the keys I want to take back and see other people walk into freedom. And the seminar was quite amazing. Um, We were in groups of three, so I was with two other women, and we were going through the process. And none of us really knew what we were doing. We certainly weren't weren't confident. But as we went through the process, Holy Spirit showed up and we were all getting free. It was quite, quite dramatic. And so I was really excited. The other thing that really excited me was not that only I had keys for other people, but they had keys for me. I thought that a lot of the stuff I was struggling with was just me. It's just the way I am. I'm stuck like this. You know, I'm limited because that's who I am. I'm a a failure, I'm not up to much. And I began to realize that actually that wasn't what God said about me. That wasn't the truth and that I could receive healing and freedom from that. And so it's been a process ever since. We received a lot of healing ourselves. And um, the upshot of that was that uh, we eventually gave up our full-time jobs. And uh, we've been doing this ministry now full-time for 10 years. So we obviously love it, we're excited by it, and we love it because we know it works.
2: It's an amazing privilege to be at Vineyard here. Uh, John Wimber sent a team to our church in the 1980s um, in South London. Ray for South London. Yeah. Chris's parents were there at the time, and uh, it kind of lit a fire in us that hasn't gone out. I'm pleased to say, for the things of God and the kingdom. It was amazing, and UK Vineyard worship has been such a blessing to us. We love it. So thank you guys, and thank you for all that you're bringing. In vineyard to this nation. It's an exciting place to be. So let's just pray as we uh, start the session. So Father I thank you. Thank you for your love for each person here. I thank you Lord that you, it's no coincidence that each person is at uh, this conference this week and I thank you Lord for all the things you're doing, all the things you're speaking to our hearts. Father this afternoon would you Holy Spirit, would you speak to each of our hearts the things that you want to say? Yeah. Father, we bind in Jesus' name, we bind every scheme of the enemy that would come against us hearing from you uh, in this place. Um, We say, Jesus is Lord, come and fill this place. Stick in your presence, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, in this place. We welcome your work. Just keep coming, Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're excited to be able to share a little bit about, um, you know, oh, give clicker. Baggage. Come on, baggage. There we go. All that stuff, you know, those personal <coughs> issues that we struggle with at times. Uh, and they're a bit like roadblocks, really, in our lives. There's all these amazing things that God has for us and the exciting things that he says that he's got for each one of us. And yet there can be things that, kind of block, block us, get stuck, cause us to be stuck and frustrated. Uh, it Maybe you're stuck with a repeating, negative, destructive cycle in your life, or maybe beaten up, feeling beaten up right now by some trauma, some losses, maybe a sexual issue or health or financial issue that you're struggling with. And, you know any of those things can leave us feeling trapped, hopeless, helpless, <coughs> wounded, and discouraged. I don't know whether you've ever felt like that at times kind of a bit disillusioned, even cynical, kind of feeling burnt out, feeling, uh, there's so much more for me and yet I'm feeling stuck. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, sometimes it can feel, uh, it's a struggle just to keep afloat, let alone do with, deal with anything or do anything. And we recognise that it's a big challenge for you as leaders, that pressure, I've got to keep going, I've got all these responsibilities, I've got to be a good role model. Actually, I've got over go here completely fixed. 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 Obviously focusing on the needs of others, uh, we don't always give the priority to our deeper needs. And ironically, that can be the case when we're buzzing, when things are going well, we kind of perhaps ignore those deeper issues. Um, but when the stress points come and the crises come, that's when we some of those issues come up, don't they? And... Uh, there's lots of stories we probably know in our families and around us, but sadly as well in church life, there can be uh, people who kind of are shipwrecked because of the issues that come up, and the whole church suffers as a result of that, and whole communities and families. So we're really delighted that to read and to hear, tell me if I'm wrong, Rosie, but one of the vineyard values is to have healthy churches and leaders, is that correct? Emotionally healthy churches and leaders. Yeah, I read that somewhere. (laughs) And prayer ministry can be an important part of that process. You know, there's times in worship and healing and in the Word, in God's presence. And times like this morning where God can come in and bring healing to our lives. And that's amazing. And he does that. He loves to keep coming and bringing his healing and freedom in our lives. But there's also some times when we need some focused help from the body of Christ to deal with our stuff. So what we'd like to do this afternoon is just to share with you a little bit about RTF, some of the practical things, some stories, and, uh, but perhaps more than that, uh, we want to stir in your passion to be asking the Lord, Lord, I want all the healing and freedom you've got for me. You know, we're, we're his kids, he loves us, he cares for us, he wants us to know who we are. He loves us, he wants us to know who he is, so that we know who we are. And if we know who we are, that brings great security into our lives, and it also enables us to walk in the destiny that God has for us to bring the kingdom into our community and nations. So it's all connected. And in fact, if we if we reproduce something that's unhealthy, that's not going to be good because there's been many prophetic words about a billion billion soul harvest coming in this next decade uh, in the Western world, um, and that's amazing. But we want to reproduce healthy, healthy new Christians, don't we? And we want to be healthy and healed up ourselves. So, where does that um, whole thing fit into our journey with, with Jesus? You know, when we meet Jesus for the first time, it's amazing. As he was talking about, we've passed from death to life, we're a new creation. I love that illustration with the, the bottles. It's was incredible, isn't it? We've just been introduced to Jesus it's an introduction by faith into grace we're free from the penalty of sin which is death which is tremendous and those same scriptures in Romans talk about us also being glorified when Jesus appears we shall be like him because we'll see him as he is and so at that point we'll be free from the possibility of sin which is really cool I like that what about the bit in between the bible talks about it sanctification it's a wonderful, wonderful time in our lives where we're becoming like Jesus, being transformed in his likeness. You know, it's surrendering at the cross, it's meeting the Father, experiencing his love. It's allowing him to mould us like the potter. It's allowing him to refine us in the fire, and that's not so easy, that bit. It's receiving his love and being able to give it away and learning how to be <coughs> sons and daughters. And also, for us guys, learning how to be the bride of Christ, which is uh, cool. So, RTF really ministries about enabling that process, dealing with our sin issues, having our minds renewed, as Patty was talking about this morning, having our mindsets reset to our true nature. And it's about receiving healing from the wounds that we carry and also from oppression that the enemy's brought into our life. So before we say a bit more about that, Rosie and Dave have kindly agreed to share a little bit about their experience of going through RTF ministry. So, thank you very much. Give them a hand.
0: Well, my story is that I encountered RTF for the first time about three years ago when I was training to be a coach as a Vineyard as a pastor here. And uh, we met a couple who actually work for RTF in the US, and they were offering free sessions of prayer for any pastors who wanted them. And it's not very often that you get offered free sessions of prayer when you're a pastor, because you're normally you're the one that's giving prayer to everybody else. So Andrew and I jumped at that um, offer, and we signed up to receive some prayer from these um, wonderful, wonderful people. And what followed was two mornings for me and one morning for Andrew of deep and personal and profoundly helpful ministry where I really encountered Jesus and was able to process through some things that had happened in our ministry, which honestly have been quite painful. And and you kind of suck it up and you think, well, you know, I'm strong and Jesus is going to get me through this. But sometimes you just need somebody (coughs) to come alongside you and minister to you and with you and invite Jesus to come and heal some of those things. And consequently, when we found out that restoring the foundations actually offered kind of an even more thorough prayer process, which lasts a whole week, um, Andrew and I were like, right, we're gonna prioritize that on our sabbatical, which we took this time last year. And consequently, we found ourselves in North Carolina, which is actually where the ministry is based from, um, spending five wonderful days sorting out our stuff. And uh, honestly, I can only really describe it as life-changing. Uh, we were not in a bad place. Uh, Andrew and I had, but we have been in ministry for 25 years, and really we felt that we were at kind of half-time. It was as if we were in a football match analogy. We were at half-time. We needed to take our team off the pitch and just chat with our coach for a little while and kind of get his direction for the second half. Which is what we felt, where we felt we were at. Uh, we had just done a marriage course at the beginning of our sabbatical. We were, you know, you don't have to go to work. You're just having time in California. You've been around on the beach. You know, we were in a great place. We love Jesus. We love our church, and we were just a little bit tired. I was needing Jesus to heal some places in my heart, some uh, things that are left over from childhood, and I just needed Him to confirm to me what I um, needed to do what was my call really for the second half of ministry well honestly the lord exceeded our expectations at every level um the ministry goes deep no stone is left unturned and we kind of systematically but really gently looked at lies that i was believing about myself and about god and let's face it we all have things that are not quite right that we believe um, about him and about us We listened to what Jesus wanted to replace those lies with, so we listened and heard his truth. We dealt with some generational patterns in our family lines that we'd grown up with, and developed a heap of new godly beliefs, things that Jesus spoke to us, things that align with scripture, that we could then meditate on for the months um, after. In fact, I still meditate on my new godly beliefs. And dare I say it, we experienced some deliverance <clears throat> on the last day from some things that were holding us back and things that were oppressing us. So I came away with new beliefs, new godly beliefs like, so I thought as a pastor, I need to cope on my own. I've I got to do this, I'm strong enough, I will be strong enough, I need to cope on my own. And Jesus just undid that and said, Why? I've brought people alongside you. Why do you need to cope on your own? And so one of my new godly beliefs that I now, that is now part of me is, I was never made to cope on my own. It's healthy to ask for help. Just things like that, that we just, they become part of us, and we believe them, and they're kind of subconsciously in the background, but they're not God's truth for us. Another one of my new godly beliefs is, my value and identity is that of a daughter, totally loved and completely accepted. And when we meditate on truth like that, it goes into our system and it gives us something solid and secure to go out from. I think the most dramatic result of RTF for me was that uh, before I went, I had previously struggled with spending time alone or in silence. And the reason for that was that for as long as I can remember from when I was a very little girl, there was a voice in my head that told me continually that I was not good enough, that I couldn't do it, that I wouldn't ever succeed, that I was always gonna fail, that I would never achieve my full potential. And you know when you have that in your head all the time, you fight it and you know it's not the Lord, but actually you can get really tired. And you can begin to just kind of think, well, that's just me, that's just who I am, like Sandra said. But the problem with that voice was that every time I tried to spend time in silence, that voice became louder because there wasn't anything else to listen to. There was nothing to distract me from it. And I was fighting a battle from morning till night, and eventually that became exhausting. And so I would actually just avoid silence and keep myself busy and spend time with people, put the telly on or put some music on, and drown it out. Well, the week after our RTF ministry, we had booked a place in a mountain cabin, Andrew and I, and we were gonna have a week's silent retreat, which frankly I was dreading, because I knew that the voice would be super loud, and I would really struggle to concentrate. And uh, it was a very beautiful place, a a cabin in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina, stunning. (coughs) And you know, when we got there, and I took some time to listen, I realised that the voice was gone. I couldn't tell you exactly at what point during the week the voice was silenced, whether it was the Deliverance Day, whether it was the Godly Belief Day, whether it was the Generational Patterns Day, whether it was the day when our hearts got healed from childhood wounds and things that had happened to us. I don't know when it happened, but it happened. And I came out of that week and that voice has been silenced and it's not there. It's still not there. It's still gone. And I have learnt over the past year to love silence, to enjoy contemplation, to be able to meet the Lord just in quietness and in solitude. And it has become an incredibly precious thing for me. So. I would absolutely recommend RTF, and I'm sure Dave's going to say something very similar. You don't have to have huge issues. Like I said, we were in a good place that needs sorting out, you know, in order for you to go. If you just want to have some concentrated time with the Lord, like a bit like a spiritual MOT or a thorough service on your car, I would absolutely go for it because uh, the things that we learn, the new godly beliefs, the things that I meditate on now, the changed thought patterns have completely transformed both Andrew and my relationship together. Um, It's transformed our leadership in our church, and it's transformed our relationship with God, so yeah, thank you very much. Thank 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 you.
3: Uh, my name's Dave, I'm a church leader, uh, and I've been a Christian for about 35 years or more. Um, and I absolutely love the church, uh, I absolutely love the vineyard, but I hate myself. Um, and this stemmed from a uh, what you might call a birth trauma, not physical birth trauma, but when I was born, uh, my mum really wanted me and my dad really didn't. And I kind of learned from a very, very young age, from the first few days of my life, to hate myself. Uh, and and uh, this became like a, such a, an ingrained part of who I, who I was uh, that I didn't actually notice it. Um, I had a real experience with God when I was 18 um, and a real kind of like a conversion experience. Uh, really loved what God was doing, loved the church, uh, but just had this underlying kind of self-hatred that would kind of permeate every other part of my life. Uh, so I tend to kind of have one month while I'd be on fire for Jesus and really going for it, and really wanting to... Get involved in the church and do this and do that. And the following month, I'll be filled with kind of like, you know, horrible, dark thoughts about um, awful things I wanted to do. I wanted to kill myself. Uh, You know, I wanted to look at pornography. I wanted to just have really dark thoughts in my head. Then I'd swing back to having a good month. And this kind of was a pattern all the way through my life. Uh, Until about five years ago, uh, when I was, I've been leading a church for about 16 years now. uh, And there was two leaders in my church that had an affair. Um, and it was the first time we kind of experienced that um, in our, uh, in our um, uh, ministry. Uh, and one of the leaders I really got on with and I really uh, liked spending time in the company, the other, lead, the other leader I really didn't get on with, I didn't click, and if I wanted to, I hated this person. Um, and when this kind of affair kind of like broke and the news broke, we were dealing with both sides of the relationship, both sides of the, the affair. Uh, and one I found uh, the person I really got on with was fine to deal with, we worked through some stuff. And the other person, I just didn't have any time for. I wrote them off. Uh, until uh, a little while into this kind of this this situation, probably about three or four weeks, I felt God say to me, "That's you. That is." Um, I don't know if you have ever seen it before. We go back to a few years in the Mary Whitehouse experience, the comedy show. you used say, you "See that person? That's you. That is." And it's like a kind of an insult uh, to the to the to the to the person you were talking to. And it wasn't God insulting me; it's just God saying to me that person you hate, that's what you're like, that's how much you hate yourself, how much I hate how I hate this person. And it suddenly the penny dropped inside and I thought, wow, I'd never seen that before. And suddenly I was thinking, all the things I did in my life, all the daily routines, all the church stuff, all the personal stuff, I hadn't realised how much I actually hated everything about myself. Um, and this became a real thing where I thought, okay, God's shown me this, what do I now do about this? Because it was almost like the whole sharpness of this one month... Good one month bad became much sharper and the one month bad was like i can't carry on being the church leader doing these things i'm doing thinking these things i'm thinking and um, you know wh- why isn't god healing me from this um because i can now see it was almost like taking away the veil and i could see how much i really didn't like myself um and uh, a little while after this um like, like very similar to me with rosie i bumped into some people who were talking about rtf um and i realized what it was there for and thought I really should do this, I really should be going for this, and I'm the i for probably about a year, thinking, you know, because sometimes your your ingrained stuff, your, your whatever you struggle with, it becomes a part of you, and you don't actually want to let go of that. It kind of feels like, well, if I don't have that, what do I do have, what do I have? You know, Take away that, stru- that structural support, and suddenly you've got nothing. Uh, so I thought, okay, if I go for this, I want to make sure I really want to go for this, and it's going to be good, and I'm going to really prepare for this. Uh, and last May, um, I went down to the South Coast, Uh, and had uh, very similar experience to Rosie and um, uh, Andrew uh, with a couple called Rod and Bridge uh, who were absolutely fantastic, had the uh, week-long session with them and they went through a whole thing about all the stuff in my family about, you know, um, Uh, similar uh, sins, uh, similar things that people have got into, uh, abortions and uh, uh, pre-marriage births, births, all that kind of stuff, everything you could think of. There was a list of 500 things you could possibly have wrong with you, and I managed to tick (laughs) over 300 of them, all related to self-hatred. And they went through every single one over a week, and I had to confess it, I had to forgive the person, I had to forgive myself, I had to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and deal with that. And it was like a very repetitive thing that was very, very obviously thorough, but very, very exhausting. But at the end of it, uh, so since May last year, um, I've suddenly seen how beforehand how much uh, how much power I thought the enemy had, and how much he talked into that self-hatred. And now I've seen how little power the enemy has. It has completely transformed my walk with God. It's completely transformed my life. I can nip it in the bud when things come along. I know I can spot temptation a mile off. I can see what's coming at me. Whereas before I thought, I can't get out of this cycle. One month good, one month bad. It's really, really gripped me. And I've just fallen for the lie that the enemy was, was, was kind of bas- basically feeding me that you know he was in charge. But he wasn't, and it it wasn't a big deliverance thing, although we did go through the whole deliverance, uh, you know, the stages where they cast out things. Didn't feel a thing at anything leaving me, but I knew stuff had left, and it wasn't till afterwards that I started started to put stuff into action, thinking, oh, now I see what that was all about now. I see what the enemy was trying to say, and suddenly, it's like the enemy's turned a tiny little speck in my life, whereas before, it was like a huge, great tower that towered over me, and the difference was just remarkable between the two, thinking, how did I fall for life for so long and not see what he was doing? Because now I can see much, much more clearly. And I'll leave it there, I think. Thank you okay. very much. Thank you.
1: that though, just to tell you a very, very brief history. The founders of RTF are a couple called Chester and Betsy Kilstra. Chester was a rocket scientist and Betsy was in mental health counselling. In the mid-80s, while they were in the Bible school, they started to receive the revelation that is now RTF ministry and they started using that revelation in CI, Christian International in Florida. In 1994, RTF was born as a ministry and it's been in the UK since two thousand. It's now in 18 nations to date. Um, Canada, Brazil, South Africa, Uganda, Kenya, Australia, New Zealand, some countries in Europe, South Korea, Singapore and China, and a few others as well. So, what is it? Well, it's prayer ministry. It's Christ-centred, biblically-based and prophetic and it's an integrated approach. And this is probably the distinctive, if you look at other ministries, which there are some really good ministries out there, but the difference is that this is an integrated approach based on a revelation that there are four areas that affect all of us, whatever the issue, and that they're all interrelated. And those four problem areas have been alluded to already by Rosie and David, but they are. Sins of the Fathers. These are the generational patterns those negative things that you see coming down your can, might see coming down your family line. You know, in some families there's alcoholism, 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 my family. Other families there's divorce, divorce, other families, financial loss, financial loss. It just goes on generation after generation. Then there's those lies that we believe, the ungodly beliefs, the mindsets, the wrong mindsets, things that we believe about ourselves or life that are actually contrary to what God says about us or about situations. Then there's hurts. We've all been hurt. And Jonathan will talk more about that later, about the power of our, uh, that unhealed hurts can have in our lives. And then finally, demonic oppression. We have an enemy and he uses those four hours uh, areas to oppress us. RTF is principle-based, not problem-based. That means that you don't have to know all there is about sexual harm or addictions to be able to minister to somebody who's struggling with those. We apply the same biblical principles, whatever the issue. There are two formats. There's the long format, the thorough format ministry, which is 15 hours of face-to-face ministry. And if you're a couple, you can have this ministry together. It's not a couple ministry, But I'm sure you're aware that, you know, as we get healed up ourselves, it affects our relationships and it will affect primary relationships. So you can have the ministry together as a couple. You have your sessions individually, but at the beginning and the end of the week, you'll have a session together. And then there's the issue-focused ministry. And that is a two- to three-hour session that deals with one issue. For example, um, struggling with... um, Overeating, perhaps, or feeling a lot of rejection from your peers. I missed something there. Sorry. It's also I've got my notes. It's very interesting. I've lost a page. <laughs> How do you do that? Anyway, I can go by the slides. It's um. It also can be used in, the principles from RTF can be used in any prayer ministry context. Um, So if you're praying in the church, if you're praying on the streets, if you're in missions. We had a girl from YWAM go to the Philippines um, after those terrible trauma, um, cyclones and tsunami. She was doing some trauma counseling and she was using these principles and they were having such amazing effects that the other NGOs were saying, what are you doing? That people are really counselling, uh, encountering God. It can be used in discipleship. I hope that you'll see as we go through this that these really are tools for sanctification. And there is another format called transforming your business, which is basically using the same principles to bring healing and transformation to um, businesses. Pardon? Sorry, and churches. Yes. So. This is really interesting. So, central to the ministry is the understanding of the cross. It has to be, doesn't it? It's Christ centred. And that is the legal basis and power of the ministry. And also, an understanding of the law, God's moral law, and how that applies to us. The power of forgiveness, and that is a very, very powerful tool throughout. We've seen that again and again. And we've also seen that demonstrated in physical healing. We had a guy in Amsterdam asked us to pray because he had backache and he wanted to stay in the meeting, but he um, just said, I can't stay, my back's so bad, will you pray for me? Jonathan had a sense it was a forgiveness issue and asked him, "Do you, is there something you need to forgive yourself for? And this guy broke and he said, yes, I've hurt someone very badly, physically hurt them very badly, and they've forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. So Jonathan led him through a prayer of forgiveness for himself and his back pain went. It's just amazing. So that's just like an outward example of what's going on in in the spirit. And then there's the understanding that we can all hear God's voice. We're his sheep, we're his kids. It says that in John 10, 27, doesn't it? We can all hear him speak to us and that we are in a spiritual battle. Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, powers, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And they're not on there, on that slide there, but confidentiality. And perhaps I don't even need to say this here, but, but I do want to say it, that we do put a very high value on confidentiality. And like, as, knows, as you know, as leaders, it's absolutely vital, it's absolutely necessary. You don't go anywhere without. Um, respecting people's um, privacy and we know it's not always easy to go for ministry it takes courage to be real and vulnerable and of course you need to feel safe and to trust the people you're with and the ministry you're with so rtf is a structured approach rosie alluded to this when she spoke about it so it may look different to some prayer ministry approaches that you're familiar with it has a format but we found that that format brings safety and thoroughness. Because a lot of the stuff that's actually tying us up is are things that we would easily miss and easily could be missed. And that's what the devil loves. He doesn't want us to deal with those things. And so we find that there's thorough safety in the thoroughness of it. And the format also makes it easy to teach and to reproduce. However, it is very much Holy Spirit-led. We do ask for a... A uh, form to be filled in, a questionnaire. But before we even read that, we're asking Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, where do you want to go this week? What are the issues? Words of encouragement, words of knowledge. And we're just having a conversation with Holy Spirit the whole time. What are the routes? Where do we go now? And I said, as I said, RTF is um, based on the revelation that those four areas. Are all uh, that are sins of the fathers or generational patterns, ungodly beliefs, soul spirit hurts, and demonic oppression affect us, whatever the issue.